Jay Lee, welcome to Thinking Bigger with Kevin Feely. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So tell everybody a little bit about you. Oh, man. So uh, Navy veteran, did 20 years in the military. Um, during that time, I realized that I was never going to make more money, right? I was always going to be stuck at whatever they felt my value was. And so I started doing a lot of self-development, a lot of mentorships, um, you know, a lot of educational stuff to better myself, to figure out a way to where I could make more of myself and become more valuable as a person. Um, and I kind of fell into real estate and real estate investing. Um, you know, bought my first investment property back in 2010, you know, made some money on that, rented it out, flipped it, next house, on and on and on. So pretty much while I was active duty, I was buying houses at every duty station, renting them out, making a profit, and then I would sell them off for a much larger profit in the end. So that's what got me really into real estate and realizing, you know, you, you can look at Warren Buffett, Donald Trump, Elon, like, you know, Zuckerberg, all these guys made their money in one, you know, niche, but then they now <clears throat> they have tons of money in real estate. Right. Because it's passive. Yeah. You know, so if they're doing it, if the billionaires are doing it, why are we not doing it? Follow the money. Exactly, man. Have to. So I'm curious. So were you using your VA loan when you were buying properties? Yeah. So I would, you know, go to a duty station. I would, you know, my first house, I bought that with the VA. Yeah. Um, and then when I transferred, what I did was I did a refi, you know, refi cash out. Yeah. So I took a little bit of money out and then refied it into a conventional. Bought the next property again with my VA, used the money that I took out to buy another investment property at the same time with another conventional loan. So now I have two. Yeah. Right. And the one that I already had. So now a total of three. Right. And then the next duty station, same thing. I would refi, cash out, buy another one, and then buy another rental on top of that. So right. I was moving money around and reutilizing my VA loan because I was transferring duty stations. I was allowed to do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, and uh, you, one quick story. It's funny because um, talk to everybody. I try to tell people this. Talk to everybody that you see. Start a conversation with people because the more – and, and, and I'll, I'll let you know where – I don't know if you remember, but we met – I know because, where exactly. Okay, where so you, I, w I wasn't sure. It was a while yeah. ago. Yeah, we met, and you were, uh, you had that electric Porsche, yeah. right? The take on, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I walked up, and I was like, "Hey, how do you like this thing?" Like, we, yeah. we just shot the shit, and um, and then you found out that Mike McLaren was the one in the garage. That yeah, and and I had already <laughs> actually been following you on Instagram, so I was like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Like, that's your car. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's just funny because um, we linked up a couple weeks later, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now we're kind of just figuring out ways to make money. So that's just something yeah. that never would have happened if I, you know, cause I was just walking by you. It was dark. It was late, mm -hmm. you know? And I was just like, yo, what's up, dude? Like, yeah. so if, if you're watching this and whether you have opportunity or not, it's all out there and it's all in front of you. You just got to talk to people like this. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I tell my real estate agents that work for me the same thing. Um, I've actually gotten deals done parking my car at the grocery store. Yeah. I've got a deal done at the gas station getting gas. The McLaren? Um, the one at the grocery store was a BMW. Okay. Right. It was a BMW M5. Nice. Um, and, you know, I was parking. I got out. A gentleman and his wife were walking by and he was like, hey, man, nice car. He's like, what do you do? Yeah. And I was like, well, I sell real estate. You know, and we started talking. Turns out his wife was in the Navy and I'm retired Navy. So we hit it off and she was like, hey, um, I got some people that need to buy houses. Can I get your number? And yep. next thing you know, I'm doing deals from her just from parking my car and having the conversation. Yeah. You know, people don't understand the, the, the possibilities of networking. Yeah. Right. Every person you meet and talk to is a potential sale or deal, but you can't go into it with that mindset. You have to come to it with how can I bring them value? Because if I can bring them value they'll also push value to me. Right. Right. If you go to take something from someone, you, you have that, that energy and it just repels people. Right. Right. You can't have that energy. You have to come from contribution and wanting to help. And if you can't come with that energy, then people are going to sense it right away and they're going to push you away. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it, and it, it just comes back to when, when we met, it mm -hmm. was because the, the car was like a talking point, right? So right. that's how we started talking. Mm -hmm. If you were in a Corolla or something, that never would have talked. Never. Or we never would have talked, right? Yeah. So when you look at the bigger picture, people always say that exotic cars are not a great investment. But 
I think it's instant social proof and it drives so much attention, which attention is a currency. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've probably gotten real estate deals from, especially your McLaren, because your McLaren, like, I mean, it is dope and, and it stands out, you know, people, people are always seeing it. And when it's parked outside of the university club, people are always like taking pictures and, you know, and you've got your Instagram on there too. So you Mm -hmm. probably get DMS from people that see you in traffic and stuff like that. I actually had it towed yesterday to the shop to get maintenance done. And someone took a picture of it and sent it to me on the tow truck. Yeah. That's you know, funny. every day that I drive the car, I get anywhere from five to 10 followers. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, people think that supercars are like you said, a waste of money, you know, the maintenance, the cost, this and that, um, what people don't understand is there's multiple ways to buy a supercar and I have to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, one of the ways to do that is to have rental properties making you passive income and that those properties pay for the car. Right. Now you have the car and the car now gets you more deals, which ends up being more transactions, which is more commissions, which is more money, which you can go buy more investment properties with. Yeah. Right. And now you're cash flowing even more. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it, it's a door opener. It puts you in circles that you never would have gotten into before. Um, you know, the people that I've met through the car, the exotic car world yep. here in San Diego and in Los Angeles, I never would have met. And those opportunities to network and do business never would have happened if I didn't have the car. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is getting in the door with other people that now you're you probably wouldn't have been able to get in the door with if you were just driving around a regular car, which, mm-hmm. again, like frugality is one thing. Right. You've got guys like. um I mean, there's a million people that make a lot of money that mm. you would never know. And, mm. and that's good, right? But I think that being able to get in the room, especially with people that can also afford exotic cars and real estate and all of that stuff, yeah, um, that's a big deal. It is. It's huge. So let's circle back. So you were buying houses when you were active duty mm-hmm. and you were getting equity. You were cashing out. You are buying other houses. So so what happened after that? Because you, you're pretty heavy in the real estate game. So I'm curious, man. So, um, while I was doing this, you know, I, I really felt like it was too much, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was a hundred percent confident. Um, I really didn't feel like I was, um, knowledgeable enough to really be doing what I was doing and making the money that I was making. Cause I was like, dude, I'm in the Navy. Like I shouldn't be making this kind of stuff. Like I had, you know, Mercedes, Range Rovers, you know, stuff like that while I was in the service and yep. everybody, I got investigated because of it because they thought I was doing something on the yeah, side. Selling that was drugs or something. They yeah. thought I was selling secrets because I had a cop secret clearance. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I went and I did the, you know, mentorships and the self-development in as far as real estate investing, I was like, you know, what would really help me is getting my real estate license. Right. Because then I could understand a transaction, understand the terms that these people are telling me and really dive in and understand what I was doing without just kind of winging it. Yeah. So I went and got my real estate license um, and bought my my house myself as myself being the agent. Nice. Um, I was able to get eighty three thousand, no, eighty seven thousand dollars off the sticker price on the house and took no commission. I was like, I don't want any commission because yeah. I'm getting a, a killer deal on the house. Yeah. Um, and then after that, my in-laws, you know, my ex in-laws, um, were like, Hey, help us buy a house. And then next thing, you know, it kind of steamrolled and I did 19 transactions in the next six months. And so I was living a life that I never thought I could ever live. Right. You know, when I was in the service, I used to tell my ex, you know, my children's mother that, man, if I could just make a hundred grand a year, I'll be good. You think so until you get there, right? Well, you know, a lot of people think a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Right. But when you really start living a life of abundance, I mean, you can make a hundred thousand in a month. Yeah. Right. And what I'm making now in a month is what I, I was making, you know, in a year. Yeah. You know, while I was active duty and now it's, it's at a whole different level. I can do things that I never thought I could. Right. Right. Like if, if a family member or friend is in a jam and I can help them, I can just give it to them. Right. You go take it. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. Right. I can start a fundraiser. I can create a nonprofit. I can open a business and I can hire people. I can buy a business and scale it and hire more people. There's so many more things you can do with the more money that you make yep. that can actually benefit society. Yeah. Um, one of the, the things that it's, it's, it's crazy because you know, people with, this is going to sound wrong, but with a poor mindset, yep. right. Have this mentality that automatically having money is evil. Yeah. 
right? If you have money, you're a bad person. If you have money, you're evil. And being poor is inherently good. Yeah. Right? Which is not the case because if you're poor or not living the life that you want to live, who else can you help? Yep. Like what kind of life is your children going to live if you have children? What kind of life are you living? Are you couch surfing? Are you have a, a roommate or five roommates just to make it happen? Yeah. Are you living in a house with seven family members just to have a roof over y'all heads? You need to be able to set goals for yourself, right? And accomplish those goals. And the biggest thing that I had to overcome as a businessman was the difference between motivation and discipline, right? Everybody's motivated to go hit the gym, right? Everybody's motivated <clears throat> to have that summer body. Everybody's motivated to get that raise or to start a business, but it's only the ones that are disciplined that actually make it happen. Yeah. You know, the people with the least amount of talent, but the most discipline will get it done. Right. The people with the most amount of talent and no discipline will sit there and spin their wheels and stay in their nine to five and wonder why they never made it. They could have a billion dollar idea right now, but because they didn't take action, because they didn't have that discipline to sit down every day and grind to make that dream happen, yep. they're never going to accomplish it. Yeah. And what you said about people having a poor mindset, mm -hmm. people always kind of flinch when that's said, but mm -hmm. it's true. Right. And growing mm -hmm. up, I did not have money. My parents didn't have mm -hmm. very good financial discipline. You know, we weren't like super poor, but mm -hmm. we definitely were not like, I mean, we we're lower middle class for sure. And when I look at the financial tips and things that I learned from my family, then it was this scarcity mindset. Yeah, right. hundred percent. And I grew up thinking money was evil. But I mm -hmm. think that that is something that is pounded into people and and they give it they use that as an excuse not to go and do bigger things, because really you have no excuse not to go out and make money. They, they say that yeah. it's not your fault if you're born poor. It's your fault if you die poor. Right. Especially 100%. in this day and age. Yeah. It's so easy to make money right now. Yeah. Right. You can do anything. You can open any business. And, and one of the things that I really think, really, really, truly think that impacts our society in that way is the way we're raising our children. Yeah. Right. Now, any of your viewers right now can attest to this. I guarantee you I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. But every child is told, go to school, go to college so you can get a good job. Yep. And then people get mad when people move here from other countries and start businesses and now they're making money. Right. In other countries, they're taught, go to school to open a business. Right. Right. Would you rather go to a nine to five and work for somebody else? Or would you rather make your own schedule and show up to the office once every couple of weeks and have it run itself? Yep. You know, it, it, it's really about the mindset. Like we have to really change the mindset here in America of going to school to get a good job. Why don't you go to school to start the business? Right. Right. There's more money there. There's more happiness there. There's more freedom there. Why would you not? And the power of having a mentor is oftentimes more important and more impactful than college. Right. So mm -hmm. if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, those kind of things, college is 100% for you. But if mm -hmm. you go to a local community college to learn about entrepreneurship, <laughs> it's usually not an entrepreneur teaching those classes. It's usually like one thing is you can't take advice on making money from somebody who doesn't make money. Right? right. It's like going to the grocery store, right? That person's not a chef, the cashier, right? Cause if they were, they'd be in a restaurant, right? It's the same thing with going to school to learn how to run a business. Like every time I meet somebody like a young person, for example, she's probably going to hate me for <laughs> putting her out on the on a podcast like this, but my sister's girlfriend, so she runs a small business where she makes, I, I don't even know what it's called, but basically they braid different ropes and they make designs out of them and they hang their wall hangings, hat hangers and stuff like that. Um, and I talked to her, you know, when she was in town visiting and she was planning on leaving home, going to school in a different state to learn business. And I was like, well, why would you want to do that? And she's like, well, I don't know how to run a business. I said, but you already are running a business. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I teach people how to do this. And she was like, well, I didn't. I was like, so I normally charge, you know, this much money. I said, but since you're my girlfriend's sister, I'm, I'm going to do it for, I'm going to hook you up. All right. Um, but basically, man, anytime that somebody is teaching you something that they haven't done themselves, that's just out of a textbook, it's not going to take you to that level of success. Right. Um, for instance, you learn how to read, but is everybody a writer? Right. Right. You go to school to do math. Is everyone a scholar? Right. No. 
you know, you have to go to the people that have actually done this and truly understand um, the concepts that you're dealing with. For instance, you know, an instructor might be able to teach you P&Ls, but they're not going to be able to teach you how to look at your niche and figure out how to scale your business. For anybody that's listening, P&Ls is a profit and loss statement. Profit, profits and losses. So basically what that is, is how much profit am I bringing in compared to how much I'm spending to keep my business alive, right? You know, salaries, marketing, all that kind of stuff is all part of your losses. Your profits is any money you're bringing in from sales. So um, whether it be products or services. Um, so a, a lot of people don't understand that. You know, they really think, oh, I need to go to school to run a business. Uh, okay, why? Right. Right. If you're not getting an MBA to try to go be a CEO at some major corporation, yep. it doesn't make sense to go to school to become a business owner. Yep. You know, um, it's just like going to school for photography. Right. You can go on YouTube and pretty much learn everything you need to learn about photography, video editing, photo editing, all that. It's the world's largest free university. And people are completely missing out. You're on, saying YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. I learned probably 80% of my business on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I first started, I just, oh, there's people teaching this for free. Mm -hmm. And then there's courses you can buy. Mm -hmm. So I literally got on YouTube, learned how, learned enough to get some money coming in right. where I could then get mentors. Mm -hmm. So anyways. And that's the biggest thing is you, you can take the free knowledge to a certain level, but if you want to hit that next step, Right. You want to go from making 100 grand a year to making 500 grand a year to making a million dollars a year. You're not going to do it with a formal education or a YouTube. Right. You need somebody that's going to hold your hand and walk you through the process, take you from step A, B, C, all the way to Z. So you're at the same level that they're at. Yeah. And a true mentor, a true mentor wants you to be able to be just like them. Yeah. They're not going to gatekeep. They're not going to hold anything back. They're going to give you everything that you need to be successful. And they're not going to be like, oh, well, let me do that for you so you don't have to. Well, yeah. Wait, why would you do that for me? You're mentoring me. Teach me how to do it so I can be self-sufficient. You know, I'm paying you all this money. And a true mentor is going to be expensive. It's right. not going to be cheap. Um, you know, my mentor is expensive, but it's not on the level of expensive well, as far as like millions of dollars expensive. I, I think a paid mentor is. But mm -hmm. just to be clear. If you're just getting started, whether you're working a job and you're just looking for somebody to help you, mm -hmm. your first mentor is usually somebody that you work for or somebody who takes you under their wing. And that's usually free. So my, right. my first like three biggest mentors were my bosses and I got to watch how they built businesses. So, mm -hmm. so just to kind of be clear, if you're looking to get a mentor, you don't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, get a good job, learn sales, get under somebody that you want to be like, and it'll come from that. Correct. A hundred percent. And I, I was referring to more of the, the second or third step, right? As you're starting right. your own business and you're going yeah. and you want to hit those next levels, right? Right. To get started. Nah, you can get the mentorship you need really from just making the right connections and networking with people Yeah, and people will give you free game. Right. Right. Because they want other people to do well. That's the whole thing about coming from contribution. You know, as business people, you know, you and I are very similar and very different at the same time. We both want to give good information and help people reach their goals. You know, we're just in different niches. Right. Right. You do one thing. I do a different thing. Yeah. But we both want people to be successful and we want to get this information out to people so that they can hit that next level in their life. You know, um, it was funny. I was driving to pick up food one day and a Corvette got behind me and he followed me all the way to the parking lot. You know, and I was like, all right, is he going to try and race me? What's he trying to do this and yeah. that? Um, and I park and he goes, hey, dude, really nice car. He's like, I wasn't following you. I'm actually going to this restaurant over here. And I was like, oh, it's, it's cool, dude. And we started talking. You know, he's like 22, 23 years old. He's an assistant manager at a, um, a Pet Boys, you know, but he wants to take that next step. He's like, you know, I want to become manager. I want to do this. I want to have a region. I said, is that your ultimate goal? Like working for them or do you, what do you really want to do? You know, and. It's funny because most people I ask, well, what do you really want to do? What would be your dream job? No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. They go, man, I, I never thought about it. Like, I like what I do. It's fun. You know, the people I work with are cool. I just want to make more money. 
Okay, cool. Do you, do you think it's limiting beliefs that stop people from thinking about bigger projects? Like people think they need a job. And because before I started my mm -hmm. business, I remember thinking, because I was brainwashed with the mm -hmm. whole, you know, the industrial revolution education right. system where, you know, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to mm -hmm. go get a job and I'm going to work my way up. That's what my family taught me, right? right. And that's just not... I don't know. I just, I didn't think anything else was possible. And as I was seeking knowledge and trying to learn more, I started to realize that, okay, these guys that have the money are doing things different, right? They're not mm -hmm. following the typical thing. So I had limiting beliefs that stopped me from even going and doing other things. You're never going to do something you don't think is possible. A hundred percent. So one of the, the biggest things on limiting beliefs that I've ever seen, and I believe I saw it on YouTube was fleas, right? Fleas can jump over 30 inches or something like that. It's ridiculous. But if you put fleas in a jar and put a lid on it, right, because they breed super fast. Yeah. Um, they will eventually learn that when they try to jump, they'll hit the top. The baby fleas that are born will never, ever be able to reach their highest capacity Ooh. because they're always going to think that that ceiling is there and that's the highest they're allowed to jump. Wow. Right. The same thing happens with people. Right. That that negative mindset that we bring into our children or our young, the teachers that instill them and go, oh, you're never going to be able to do that or you're never going to be this. You're never going to do that. Why would you give that to a child? Right. Now, I get it. You can't say you can be whatever you want to be like you can't be God. Right. You're not you know, there's 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 a limit. Right. Of course, there's a limit. Right. You can't become a son. Right? You can't burn the universe. Right. But what do you want to do? Right. Who do you want to become as a person? Who do you want to be as yourself? You can be whoever you want to be as a person. You just have to create that person and build it from the ground up. Right. You know, I've seen the memes and everything, but nothing is stronger than a man that built himself. Right. Um, and I believe that for any man and woman, you know, if if we go out there and we decide, hey, I want to be a multimillionaire business person. Right. And I set that goal and I go become that. I can go do that. Nothing can stop me. You know, the the law of attraction is huge. Right. So there's this book called The Secret. Have you ever read it? Oh, yeah. So a lot of people haven't read it. And I highly suggest you get the book, The Secret. There is a video, but it's not as good as the book. Um, and it goes back all the way to like Napoleon. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's Napoleon Hill. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and it, it talks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit further back. Yeah. But yeah. But, you know, John F. Kennedy, like all these super successful people. Um and you can you can see that whatever they put out, the universe gives back. Yeah. So have you ever like before you were successful, right? Have you ever thought about, oh man, these bills are due, right? I don't have the the money, and then all of a sudden another bill show up. Yeah. And it just brings you even lower. Yeah. Right. That's thinking from the scarcity mindset. That's thinking of being poor. So the universe is going to keep giving you that negativity back. Right. So that old saying when we're kids, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off, you know, comes yep. back to you. It's the thing, same thing with the universe. Whatever you put out is going to come back to you. So if you put out, I live in abundance, I come from contribution, I'm living an amazing life, I have tons of opportunity, I'm grateful, I have gratitude for what I have. Yep. The world, the universe is going to give you more. Yeah. It's happened to me. You know, I've been sitting there at home, minding my business, the mail comes in and there's a refund check because I overpaid my insurance by a thousand dollars. Yep. Right. Um, there's a refund from the escrow company from my, my home because I pay escrow fees every month for, you know, insurance and taxes, you know, that I paid too much. I get a check for a few grand back. Right. That's unexpected money that comes back into my life. Right. Um, having gratitude for your clients, for your people, for your friends, for your family, they will refer you other business. So the, the mindset of having, you know, not enough constantly creates your reality of never having enough. Right. It's all about the mindset. Right. That limiting belief, that false ceiling, you have got to shatter it. Right. You have got to jump through, crack that false ceiling. And get to that next level. And the only way you can really do that, not just in business, but in life, it starts with here. Right. Yeah. It has to start here. Yeah. Right. And from here and here in your heart and in your mind, if you truly believe that you can do something, overcome that obstacle, because if someone else has done it before, then you can do it, too. Right. Right. There's there's no way. <clears throat> For instance, um, you know, let, let's look at uh, Henry Ford. Right. Created a car company. 
had been done before. Guess what? There's all these other car companies. If you want to build a car company, you can do it. You just have to figure out how. Right. There's nothing stopping you from becoming that or doing that. You just have to figure out how. Right. You know, just like Bill Gates, you know, Elon Musk. You know, Elon was working for Bill Gates when he was eight years old. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, they say that it's, you know, success in business and really anything is 5% luck, 15% personality and the things that you're doing. And that the rest of the 80% is just not fucking giving up. Yeah. It's a constant grind. Yeah. You know, they they have those memes out there where they show somebody digging, right, with a pitchfork. And there's dirt and they're digging a tunnel. And there's diamonds just on the other side, but they give up and they walk back. And the other person is digging through. Yep. Right? It's about never quitting. Like, And that's the discipline part that I was talking about earlier. You have got to have the discipline to keep going. You can fail forward. Yeah. Right? Yep. You make a mistake, fail, learn from it, take the next step and do it again, but try it different. Right? You have to do a, you have to tweak it a little bit because obviously last time it didn't work. Right. But you have to keep trying for your goal. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is uh, that that picture that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is a visual from the book Three Feet from Gold. And they're Mm -hmm. talking about these guys that in the gold rush, you know, just just drilled through. They they put in Mm -hmm. all this work for like a year and they didn't get much. Right. They thought they were going to hit it rich. They got nothing. So they said, fuck it. We're giving up whatever. And these guys came in and they picked up the job where they left it off. They bought it. You know, they bought the tools and everything and they went in and they struck gold. Mm-hmm. And and the whole point of that is don't give up. You never know how close you are. And usually you're really, really close. Right. And that's when people give up. But the author of that book, Greg Reed, is actually coming in day after tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, here? Yep. That's yeah. awesome. Dude. Yeah. So he's a he's a big dog. Yeah. Secret knock, all that. But anyways, that's dope. Yeah, funny coincidence. But the the limiting beliefs, I think that when you said it starts from here, it, mm-hmm. it truly does, because if you don't think that it's possible for you to do something like the fleas not thinking that they can jump because they've been Mm -hmm. in a container if you don't think it's possible you're not going to start and if your whole life you're raised around the lack of prosperity right you're you're raised around resistance away from money and you push money away you literally like two magnets facing the wrong way you start to push it away something needs to change in here first You need to be able to think differently, believe that it's possible, but you need to put the work in. So when it comes to the law of attraction, the law of attraction is very real. You're using the law of attraction every day, every second, whether you like it or not. But you can't do it with just thinking. You have to put the work in. You have to go out and you have to get better. You have to face challenges. Mm -hmm. You have to overcome obstacles. And, um, yeah, so, so tell me about, so you, you were in the military, mm-hmm. you started investing in real estate, you had these houses, you went and became an agent. Then what, 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 what next? Um, I built a real estate team. So, uh, after that I had 11 agents that were under me that I was, you know, coaching, mentoring and having, helping them build business. Um, and from there now I have a real estate investment firm, right? Where basically I, it's kind of like a shell holding company that okay. holds another company cool. that I have that holds my investments and my other LLCs. Yep. Um, and I also have an, another business. Um, it's called the dream life Academy and it's something where basically I teach everyday people, you know, who never thought that they could start investing in real estate. Right. You know, a lot of people are really big on crypto. A lot of people are big on stocks. If what had just happened with SVB yeah. doesn't tell you Silicon Valley bank. Yeah. And First Republic Bank now. Yeah. And uh, Westpac Bank is whatever it, else is coming. Right. To. So Westpac Bank dropped yesterday 18%. Yeah. You know, First Republic like dropped a bunch too. So um, there's a lot going on with these regional banks. Um, and a lot of their problems is they've invested in crypto. Right. And, you know, conspiracy aside, like crypto is very volatile. Like yeah. you can make a ton of money, but you can lose a ton of money super fast too. I prefer steady income, right? I want constant cash flow. I want a check deposited to my account. Every month. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry and watch it go, oh my God, do I have to sell? Do I have to buy? Do I have to sell? Do I have to buy? I just want to buy it, leave it alone, and I have to think about it. Right? I want that constant cash flow. So one of the things that we teach is Section 8 arbitrage. Have you heard of that? Yes. So for those of you that don't know what it is, is basically you buy a property, get it approved by Section 8, get Section 8 renters in there, and now the government is paying you the rent and your mortgage for you. 
Um, Can you explain what Section 8 is for them? So Section 8 is is a program created by the government for low-income families um, that need housing. So what it is is it's a subsidy for those families from the government. So the government will say, okay, we authorize, you know, 1200 bucks a month for your rent. Um, so what they can do is they can go get a place for 1400 They can pay $200 out of pocket, and the government pay 1200 True story. I had a four-unit property out in Jackson, Michigan. Okay, it's about an hour and a half west of Detroit. Um, I bought this property for $93,000. One of the tenants, his rent on the property was 600 bucks. Section eight gave him $599. He paid me a dollar a month. One month he was late and the property management called me and was like, Hey, uh, tenant in unit one B is late. And I was like, wait, what? Late a dollar. He's, he pays a dollar. <laughs> How is he late? Yeah. And they were like, ah, well, he's late. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to evict him? I was like, no, give me his number. And they said, okay. And so I called him. I was like, hey, is this Mr. You know, I'm not going to say his name on here. Um, and he was like, yeah. Who's this? I said, hey, this is your landlord. How you doing? This is Jay. And he was like, hey, uh, sorry, sir. I'm late on the rent. I could pay it by the 15th. And I said, keep the dollar, brother. I said, don't even worry about paying your rent. I said, it's literally a dollar difference. I yeah. don't need the dollar. Keep it. Buy yourself a soda every month on me. Right? Um, and I told my property management company, hey, don't sweat the dollar. Like, leave him alone. All right? You know, he, he was an older gentleman. He was, you know, disabled. Um, he didn't have any income. You know, so the government was paying his, his rent for him. Let him do it. So the biggest thing with that is you want to buy multi-unit properties, at least two up to four units, right? Because you can get those with residential loans, which have a much better interest rate than commercial loans for apartment buildings. Um, when you Once you get the Section 8 approved, if your mortgage on that property is four or $500 a month, saving $1,000 a month, but the Section 8 is covering let's say on a thousand dollar on the property is covering $1,800. Even if none of your parent, uh, even if none of your tenants pay rent, you're still making a profit of $800 right. just off the government. Yep. Right. And there's going to be no way in hell. Oh, can I say that on here? Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. All right. Say whatever you want. All right, cool. I just didn't know if like yeah. this was like PG. No, you know no, you're good, you're good. Um, so anyway, if, 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 if something goes to hell, we go into a depression, right? The government's still paying rent. Yeah. You know, the people, who cares? You're still going to make profit. So the whole thing is by having these guaranteed income properties that you have from the government paying you the rent. Right. It really, really reduces your risk on the investment. So I want to bring this down to a little bit simpler terms. So, mm -hmm. so for the people that are working a regular job, maybe mm -hmm. they have some money saved up, maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. How does somebody get in? to buy their first property because you can't do it with zero down, right? Um, not on an investment property. Right. On on a purchase, they can. There's there's programs for down payment assistance. Like FHA loans? Yeah, there's FHA loans, um, but there's also private uh, investors or private banks that will give you the down payment. Um, and it's a grant. So as long as you live there for a certain amount of time, you don't have to pay that money back, which yeah. is kind of awesome. Wow. Um, wow. So talk about that. What, what is that about? Yeah, so there's, there's down payment assistance. So what it is is basically you have to qualify. So you can't make too much money. That's the thing. If you make over a certain amount of money, depending on how many people are in the household, yeah. you won't qualify. Got it. Right? So it has to be less than a certain amount of money. The banks, the state, um, the county, and the city each have their own programs for down payment assistance. And there's a certain amount of money in this pot every year. And then once that money dries up, then you have to wait till the next year. Right. But then there's private institutions, banks that will give you that down payment. I don't know how they're making money on it. I don't know if it's on the interest rate or if it's a write-off for yeah, them. I right. don't know what they're doing because that's on the banking side. I don't know about that. But they will give you the money for the down payment, the 3.5%. So that right. you can buy the house and you don't have to pay it back. Hmm. Like it's legit. Here you go. Here's free money for a yeah. down payment. So all you have to do is qualify. And it's for people with not great credit. Right. Not good income. Like this is the perfect starter to get into real estate and own your own home and stop paying the man rent. Right. You yeah. know, um, paying the man, meaning you, Hey, <laughs> not just me, other people too. Um, but there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there for it. So, and once you have your first property, that's the first step to creating generational wealth. Right. Like the very, very first step to making sure your kids, grandkids, great grandkids are good to go is by having that first property. Cause once you have that property, what's going to happen? The equity's constantly going up, even if we have a downturn, right? Yeah. Look at the Great Depression, for instance. Yep. Property went up, and then it dropped. And now look where we're at today. So over long-term gain, you're going to have tons of money from that property. You can refi, cash out. You can sell, take the profit, buy two or three more properties. Right. You can do whatever you want. Um, and one of the ma amazing things about you know being here in San Diego is when we buy houses, 
the property goes up and it goes up a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, we were averaging over 9% per year Which for the last insane. Three, three, four years. Yeah. It's going to slow down to about 3% right now because yeah. of the interest rates and everything. But And that's fine. Like 3% is a solid gain. Yeah. But here's the thing. With that gain, so if you bought a million-dollar house and it went up 3%, that's a $30,000 gain per year. Yeah. Right? In two years, you could pull that cash out and go buy another investment property in the Midwest. Right. Now you have two properties. Right. Your payment really didn't change much because you only pulled out like sixty grand. Yep. The rental income from the sixty thousand dollar property is going to be about twelve hundred dollars a month. So now you're paying a two hundred dollar gain, right, on your mortgage that you have in your home that you live in. Right. But now you're making twelve, thirteen hundred dollars on the property. Flow. So now you're making a thousand bucks profit. Right. On the house you bought the first time. Right. And you can continue to do this over and over and over and scale your business to where you can have 10 doors, 20 doors, 30 doors, 40 doors and so on. Like, I think everybody's goal who really wants to be a passive income millionaire should be 100 doors, because if you have 100 doors, right, you are legit going to make anywhere from 60 to 100 thousand dollars a month. Yep. Right. That's your net. Okay, that's your take home. And if you're making 60 thousand dollars a month. I mean, you're not uber rich. You're not Bill Gates. You're not Elon Musk, but you're living an amazing life. And, you know, your mom and dad need help, right? They lost their jobs. You can now afford to pay their bills. You can pay off their house, right? You can buy your sister a car so she can get to work, right? Your cousin needs help starting a business. You can be an investor in that business. You know, there's so many opportunities that you can create for yourself and other people once you have this passive income, because now you're not spending your time going to work, right? You know, and a lot of people, you know, it's it's funny. People don't realize that we're really trading time for money. Oh, yeah. Right. And here's the thing. And, and I want everybody to listen very carefully. Time is the most expensive currency we have. Yep. We never know how much we have of it. You can never gain more. And you either invest it or you waste it. Yeah. Right. I don't say spend it. Because you're either wasting time or you're investing time. Like right now, I'm investing time with my friend Kevin, right? We're having a great conversation. Earlier this morning, I was sitting at home, scrolling on my phone. I was, you know, I was wasting my time, right? right? I wasn't doing anything productive. And it's okay to do that. And when you're at a certain point in your life where where you're financially free and you can, you know, take that time to just take that mental break, right? right? You can, I I 100% believe that you should waste some time in your life, right? Just for fun, you know? Or mindless list, just a mental But that's break. an investment, right? It, it could be. It could be. But like if you're just playing a video game on your phone, it's not really an investment. Maybe. Right? Like, I mean, if you need that reset period, right? Now, uh, not yeah. not two hours a day. Right. You know, 10, 15 minutes, that's not a big deal. Right. But if you're spending eight hours a day on your phone, yeah. like most people are, right? scrolling on the gram, TikTok, yeah. you know, just staring at other people's lives that they're projecting that aren't even their real lives. Yeah. Highlight reel, right? Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's so funny to me because like I look at some of these people and I know them in person and i see what they put on instagram and tiktok and i'm like that's not what you look like that's not what you do and that's not yours you know and it's just like you know what are you doing um you know so it's it's it really is a great way you know real estate's a great way to build that generational wealth so that you can really live that passive income you know and the limiting belief that i don't have enough money that really doesn't exist right right because do you have a car like i bet 90% 90% of your you know viewers have cars yeah. at least. Yeah. Right. You can get into an investment property right now for a thousand dollars. If you can't find a way to get a thousand dollars and there's ways to get other people to invest their money with you. So you don't even have to come out the pocket. Right. It's called using other people's money. Yeah. Right. And OPM. Yes. OPM is amazing. Right. I can go get a deal because the hardest thing is to find a deal. Right. Right. If I find the deal, I can say, hey, Kevin, I got an amazing deal. Check it out. I don't have the funds right now, but this is what it is. And this is how much you'll net. Right. Do you want to be a partner with me on it or do you just want to be the cash behind it and get a percentage back? What would you like to do? Yep. Right. And if the numbers make sense for you, you really will consider it. Right. Right. So would I. So would every other business person or anyone that's financially uh, literate. Yeah. Right. Because everything is a financial investment. You know, if if I'm looking at something, I go, okay, 
um, if I gave you $50,000 and you're going to give me an 8% return in three months, that's a good deal. That's way more than what I'm going to get out of leaving my money in the bank. Cause right now the interest rates are, you know, that you're earning are what 0.5%, yeah. something like that. But inflation's at 6%. Yeah. So you're losing five and a half percent by just keeping your money in the bank. Yeah. When instead you can give me your money and I'll make you 8%. So you're profiting 2% over inflation. Right. So there's, there's a way, there's always a way to get a deal done. Always. The biggest thing is finding the deal. So right. anybody saying that they can't do it because they don't have the money. Yeah. I'm gonna call bullshit because right now there's money around you. There's someone that you know with a thousand dollars in their bank account right now Yep. that you can go and be like, Hey, I found a property for a thousand dollars. Renovation is this much. Let's go get this property, get a loan for the renovation, flip it. And we'll go make 30 grand. Yeah. And, and, one thing I want to make very clear about real estate, it, it is, as Grant Cardone says, mm -hmm. it's not get rich quick, it's no. get rich for sure. Right. And I think people are so short-minded and they're looking for the quick thing, the Amazon business mm -hmm. they can start and make right. 40000 a month, right. which... You know, I have a buddy that does that. He yeah, makes, he makes he sells like a hundred grand a month. Yeah, but his profits like fifty. Yeah, or he's or 20, less. He's twenty one years old. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I started when I first moved here. Here's what I did. Right, I luckily had sales background. Which, mm -hmm. if you're looking to make more money, step one is learn sales. Get into sales. 100%. Get a commission sales job and mm -hmm. and learn how to make some real money, like a couple hundred thousand a year. And anyways, um. I forget where I was going with this, but, um, yeah, I think Grant that Cardone, money is real money is real estate for sure. Yeah. So I, I think my, my point is that if you're looking for a quick way to make money all the time, you're going to jump from one thing to another, to another, to mm -hmm. another. And it's going to be you putting in effort, you learning something, it not paying off and that instant gratification not happening. And then you move on to something else that you think is going to be it. Right. So you go from the the, uh, you know, Amazon stuff to the, you know, what, whatever, right? Like there's a million different things that you could jump to. There's a lot of different gurus out there teaching some shit, but really, if you look at the billionaires, most of them have made it in either finance, like banking and investing, or they made it in real estate, right? You know, so mm -hmm. follow the money. Right. And, and there's actually websites out there that you can actually look at all the CEOs and yeah. Congress people of where they're doing their trades. Right. And you can just copy their trades. Yeah. Right. If you want to play in stocks, you can go do that. You know, I don't trust the stock market, so I don't play in it. Yeah. I trust assets that are going to be concrete and there and not going to move. Because, for instance, um, you know what happened with Zimbabwe's economy, you know, a few years back? With the the collapse of their the whole their collapse of their financial, financial system. Yeah. yeah. So they borrowed over a trillion dollars from the United States government. Right. We gave them the money. And then from there, they took it and created their own currency. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it was 1.1 of theirs to one of ours. Right. Right. <clears throat> a smart person that would have had the foresight and be able to tell the future would have gone and borrowed a billion dollars from Zimbabwe. Right. Brought it back to the U.S. and changed it in to American dollars. Right. And just sat on it. Yep. Their economy now is 500,000 of their dollars, whatever it is, for a loaf of bread. They're burning millions of dollars in trash cans to stay warm. Yeah. Because it is worth absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. So if I buy a property for, you know, $100,000 in the Midwest and, you know, I'm always going to take a mortgage on something. If I did, if I buy it cash, I'm going to refinance it into a mortgage because I want other people's money on there, not mine. Yep. Um, and the economy tanks, just for instance, right? Stocks drop, everything drops, the dollar drops. And now eggs are five hundred dollars, right? The the house, hyperinflation. Yeah, the the house I bought for a hundred thousand dollars is now worth a million dollars, and I can literally go to my bank, pull the money out, and go pay off that house. Right. Right. That was a hundred thousand dollars, but now it's worth a million dollars. Yeah. Right? right. And now I can go sell that thing for a million bucks and go buy a bunch more. Would you say that real estate is one of the best ways to hedge against inflation? So flips is really not a hedge against inflation because it's you're just taking the house, put throwing it together real quick and getting rid of it. Right. So you're not getting a constant cash flow. Yeah. Um, it's a way to make a lot of money really fast. Yeah. But it's not consistent because you have to find the next deal. Okay. Right. Um, rentals are by far the best because they're long term, especially if you're using the Section 8 method. Right. Where the government's paying your, your payments. Right. Um, I don't trust Airbnbs at all. Really? No, 
No. And the reason why is like, you can make a lot of money on Airbnb. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Right. But when the economy tanks. Yeah. Right. And it, or another COVID happens or, and people aren't traveling. And, and no one's going anywhere. And now yeah. you're stuck with a mortgage payment that if you are betting on that Airbnb to make money to pay for itself and yeah. it can't, you just screwed your credit. Right. Right. And on top of that, look at San Diego, for instance. What laws did they just put in place? Yeah, I know. Right. One percent of homes in San Diego, the city can be Airbnb and there's a lottery for it. Yeah. So now. So you got to get a permit, right? To right. have an Airbnb. You had, to, you had to get a permit. And if not, you're going to get fined. Yeah. Right. And most condos can't be uh, Airbnbs because the HOAs won't allow it. Yeah. Well, so, and that's the know. bullshit with this whole Airbnb arbitrage thing mm -hmm. where these gurus, and again, this yeah. is one of those get rich quick things where it can work, works for some people until it doesn't. But they say, go out, rent a property and ask the owner or don't tell the owner that right. you're going to rent that property out on Airbnb mm -hmm. for a profit. Well, the problem is when that doesn't work out or now like a COVID happens, yeah, you're or 20 or 50. Yeah. Like I know some people that got wiped out by that and they were making crazy money till they weren't. Right. And they were spending that crazy money. Yeah. They didn't have anything to fall right. back on. Exactly. They didn't have the rentals with the cash flow. Yeah. And that's, and that's the high risk, thing. high reward. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like some people will tell people, oh, go get an apartment and Airbnb the apartment. And, you know, in your building, they're hunting for the people doing that. Yeah. They're trying to find them. You know? know, so it's 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 just it's 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 not a smart way to hedge long term. Yeah. Right. If you're making a quick buck, cool. You know, if you can buy the property cash. All right. No big deal. But if you've got a mortgage on a property, and you're Airbnb in it. You're you're at you're red. You have a lot of risk. Yeah. Like you're going to lose that eventually at some point. Yeah. Because when they they call this a housing crash, this is not a crash. This is a shift. Yeah. Right. Well, because everything just just went up ridiculous yeah. amounts. It went up ridiculous. COVID. And now it's stabilizing. Like yeah. we're back down to pre COVID levels where it should have been. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, the housing. No, the housing market didn't crash. Right. We're shifting back to where we were. And, you know, everybody's worried about the interest rates. And it's funny because they're like, oh, 6%. Oh my God, it's so high. Yeah. Look at the 90s, what it was. 17, 18%. Yeah. Like, are you crazy right now? Right. Like, that's 6% is golden. And that was, that was like normal. That was everybody. My parents had a 17.5% interest rate and they bought in the 80s. Yeah. Right. You know, and people were buying houses because yeah. it didn't matter because you were getting houses at $70,000, $80,000. Right. But now you're not. So you got to look at that, right? If you can still get a house for 6, you know, 6%, 6.5%, you talk to anybody that's in their 60s or 70s and they're going to tell you right now anything under 10% is a good rate right you know so it's you can buy a home right now and what you do is you buy it and you just hope that one day that the rates will go down and you just refi right right drop your rate back down and now you're saving money as long as you can afford it at where it's at yeah you know the first step to generational wealth like i said it a million times and i'll say it a million more is that first property because that mm -hmm. first property gives you financial leverage well do you know you probably know this but mm -hmm. do you guys know that the average net worth difference between a renter and somebody who owns a minimum of one property is literally like a 500 times difference yeah because renters are typically living paycheck mm -hmm. to paycheck they have no equity mm -hmm. most of their money probably 50 percent of their money on average 40 percent right. is going towards rent that they're never getting back right rent is that is at a hundred percent interest yeah right, right? god so damn could, that's a you, good point you can buy a house for six percent interest yeah or you can rent an apartment or a house for a hundred percent interest because there's no return on your investment at least with real estate you're gaining equity Right. right. And you're paying it down. And at some point you will not have a payment anymore. Yeah. When you're renting, you're going to have a payment for life. Right. For life. And you're paying a hundred percent interest. You're never getting that back. Yeah. Ever. It's yeah. a complete waste of money. Anyone that's financially savvy will, you know, they can break this down. Please break it down. If you want me to go over it more, you know, shoot me a DM, a message, and we can talk about it. We can even debate it. I'll come on your podcast and talk about it or you can come on mine, but legit like renting I, I completely disagree with the concept as a person that wants financial stability. Yeah. Right. If I want, you know, generational wealth, I want to build for my kids, my family, my grandkids, my great grandkids, because eventually what's going to happen in life? Everything's going to be automated. Right. Right. They're already talking about the first McDonald's is going to open up. that's completely automated with no workers in there. Yeah. So all those jobs, those 100 jobs at that McDonald's are now gone. Yeah. So what happens to all the people that are lacking high level skills? Yep. Right. What job markets are they going to pursue? What kind of so, what kind of society are we going to be in? 
you know, if you look at the futuristic societies, they all kind of live in like a white barren apartment and they don't have anything abnormal or unique. Right. They're just given something by the government. And eventually I think that's where we're going to be, except for the uber rich and the uber rich are going to be people that have real estate investments. Yeah. You know, because they're going to own that land that are being rented out to everybody else. Right. You know, you don't need a million properties. You know, you can legit live a really good life on 10 properties. Yeah. On four to five properties, you could make a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Right. Not to mention, not to mention what you're gaining from the increase in the property. Exactly. But I mean, at a hundred thousand a year, you know, what's the, what's the medium income in the United States? Like 40 something thousand. Yeah. Like 60,000 per household. Something like that. Yeah. Like I can show you how to take that 60,000 and turn it into a hundred thousand a year within five years. Yep. It's not get rich quick. It never will be quick, but it's long-term. If you can wait five years to make a hundred grand a month, where you still go to work and make your, you know, 30 to 60,000 a month, a year, right? Then you're going to make your 100,000 a year on top of that. Yep. You can now quit your day job. So folks, you can either listen to what people like Jay are saying, or you can not do anything and five years down the road, be in the same place Mm -hmm. that you are now because you didn't take action. So I think one thing that's really important is if you're listening, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you are hooked. You're here. So you need to one right now, follow Jay. Where can people follow you? Um, it's hustle. <laughs> Hold on. Let's go let's back. Make sure we got it here. The, it's, hustle it's, hard it's six, I'm not, 619 or I'm, something. Is the underscore at the end or in the middle? We'll find out. I right think now. it's hustle underscore harder. It's hustle harder underscore 619. And we're going to put this in the show description and everything. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, hustle. Yeah, you can follow me at hustle harder underscore six one nine on Instagram. Um, same thing for TikTok. Um, you know, I'm just now starting to put out some short form stuff to really start educating people. Um, but you know, if you want that lifestyle that you've always dreamed of, it's there for you. You just have to go get it. You know, Kevin, how old are you? Thirty. Thirty, and you're living a life that most thirty year olds dream of. Yeah. Right, because you went out and did it. Yeah. You know, it took me longer. I had to serve in the military, so I didn't actually get to start till I was 39. Right. Right. But being in the military gave me the building blocks of the discipline I needed to go build a business. Right. So, yeah, follow follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, shoot me a DM. Uh, the, the course that I have for real estate investing and generational wealth uh, will be back up within the next two weeks. Uh, so there'll be a link on my Instagram. Just go ahead and follow me for that now. Um, and, uh, you know. We're just going to keep trying to give out good content, you know, Yeah. come over here with Kevin and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, go follow Jay. Don't be the person that listens and consumes information, but takes no action. Go follow Jay and, and literally whatever you're going to do, go do something now and do something every single day that can get you to that point because you're wasting time. Like we talked about with TikTok, like we talked about with Netflix, with video games, you're wasting time. And when people say, I don't have time, it's the biggest fucking lie that they tell themselves it's to not stay a priority. mediocre. Yeah, it's no. not a priority. You got to make it a priority. Your success, your life has to be a priority. Right. If you don't want to live a good life, go ahead and play those video games. Yep. You know, I tell my 22-year-old son that all the time. Hey, when are you going to do something with your life? Right. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And he's just like, oh, you know, I'll get to it. I'm, I'm happy now. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be broke when you're 30, though. Yeah. You right. Know? right. I was. I yeah. was broke at 30. You know, so now I'm not. So I know how to get there. So let me show you how to do it. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you.